Hello and welcome to another episode of Empty the Playbook. Happy holidays, everyone. Hope you're having a lovely kind of holiday season, whatever it is you may be celebrating. Uh, my name is Dan Williams. Welcome back for another episode. Lots of things going on in the NFL to talk about. Lots of things going on with us as well. Uh, we've got our regular episodes to look forward to. That's what you're currently listening to right now. So thank you for listening. We appreciate it. And we've also got a bumper Christmas special to enjoy as well which is very very exciting but before we get into some of those things we've got to catch up with the boys and first let's head to mr edward thorns thornsy how's it going with you mate are you excited to be it's... filming that christmas special i'm very excited about the concept i don't know about you yeah definitely do you think we should keep it a secret or do you think we should uh, let loose i think we keep it a secret oh nice yeah cool people went... well i say that we're probably going to reference back to it in the actual you were probably going to say loads of times. I'm going to draft this person. But, oh, well, I've already done it. There you go. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, oh, well. But, um, yeah. I'm actually quite annoyed because, not annoyed, but happy because Joe Johnson's back in the NBA. Oh, I yeah. I, I noticed that too. I saw Joe. I actually have a Joe Johnson jersey from when he played for Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I can't wear it anymore because number seven Brooklyn now is Kevin Durant. So uh, every time you wear it, it's like oh. people think you've got Durantjes and you've sold out. Yeah, actually, it's Joe Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, that's good sporting sporting news. Uh, and of course, we've got to introduce the people to the other member of the MG the Playbook podcast, Mr. Edward Shapland. Shapland, how's it going, mate? Are you excited for the Christmas special? Uh, yes, yes, I am. I am looking forward to it. Uh, I've got some Christmas cheer to bring to you all, I think. Oh, but you know, it's you mentioned a drafting aspect of it, but I think people I don't want to say too much, but it's not like it's not what you'd think, I think, from a special. It's just something that we thought would be a bit of fun. So I hope you guys will enjoy. You sounded a bit like Korg from, um, Thor Ragnarok then I hope you guys all enjoy um, <laughs> you're, t- you're thinking about doing it again aren't you I can see it on your brain you're like how do I do Korg again yeah, no I was, I was trying to think of the line where it's like you don't have to wait I'm made of rocks unless you're made of scissors <laughs> just a bit of rock paper scissors humour for you <laughs> it started off alright and it fell off as it went on why did you become Irish at the end <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a rock paper scissors joke for you there <laughs> uh, there you go it's been around thornsy so much is what it is but uh, there you go cool right let's get stuck into some nfl stuff um okay if you're a regular listener you know kind of the format by now but if you're not i'll introduce you to kind of how our normal episodes work we split our show into a review section of kind of the previous week's results and or kind of the season so far uh, and this season we're kind of uh, th- sorry this episode we're kind of looking at the season so far uh, but we'll get into that a bit more once we get to that section and then the second half of the podcast is preview looking forward to the this oh, week's game I, um, I just realized i do have something to say in the how are you doing a little anecdote for you all from oh the- tell us how you're doing before we get started chaps sorry uh basically it's just a little funny anecdote i i um i went to um to Winter Wonderland this weekend 
Nice. Avoided avoided the vid. That's the numerous negatives, don't worry. Well but done. I um I went ice skating. So I handed in my shoes, put on my ice skates. Second time in my life ice skating. I was actually all right at it, which is what? I think maybe maybe the balance aspect of running back might have helped me there. But when I uh, when I finished ice skating, I, I returned my skates and asked for my shoes. They couldn't find my shoes. No. So they went, what shoes were they? I went, oh, a pair of uh, size nine Air Forces. They then came back and gave me a pair of size nine Air Forces, which are in much better condition than mine were. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize, I put them on and I was like, something feels wrong. My laces are too tight. Like, these aren't my shoes. And then I was like, then, then someone was like, nah, nah, you're just, you're just being paranoid. You're just being paranoid. And then I got home. And I was like, yeah, maybe I was just paranoid. I got home and there's a label still stuck inside. And I was like, I know for a fact I peeled out that label. I was like, so I've, I've um, exchanged my Air Forces, I guess, for a new pair. <laughs> What's the one that I really that saw me? Um, wearing other people's shoes. It, it was, it was, it was, yeah. It was funny because um, as we literally went to do it, I, I made a joke because I saw a, um, a video where it was like someone went in with Balenciagas and came out with Primark shoes because they messed up the shoes for him. And I was like, oh, what's the odds that's going to happen to me? <laughs> well, the opposite happened to you. <laughs> I mean, it's the exact same yeah. pair. Just however, pair in much better condition. However, yeah, just, just a little anecdote of my week. I would love to be a fly on the wall for when the other person got your shoes back. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? They'd be fuming. To be fair, they weren't, in bad so bad. they weren't in bad condition, but like, these are these are like uncreased, like look like they've been worn once, and like mine had like a couple creases in them. I'd be like they haven't been well worn; they're only about a few months old. So like yeah. it's not like a bad trade off, but they're definitely. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I don't think you're at fault here. I yeah. I, I I think it's purely on the on the rink. It's a, it's a very simple process to get right, <laughs> but uh, yeah, clearly they didn't. Anyway, uh, let's go to some talk about some ball. And in our review section this week, we're going to talk about rookies. Rookies, rookies, rookies. Um, we're going to look at each day of the draft. So day one being round one, day two being rounds two and three, and then day three being rounds four, five, six, and seven. And we're each going to pick a player that we love from that day, a player that's kind of has bust potential from what we've seen so far. And then we're going to check out a couple of ones to watch from each round of, uh, sorry, from each day of the draft. Um, and it's that simple, nice and easy, in and out, bish bash bosh. But some rookies that you need to keep an eye on, and some rookies that you need to think, ah, oh, I, I don't need to pay attention to him anymore because he's done. Cool, sweet, easy process. We're going to start off with day one. And would anybody like to kick us off with the player that they love, a player that they think has bust potential, and a couple of ones to watch? Um, I'll go first. If oh, know. thank you, Sonzi. Um. Rashawn Slater is who I'm going to go with. And I think it, it, I love him for so many reasons. Firstly, he's a phenomenal talent. you know. Secondly, the Chargers got him with pretty good value, taking him what, 13th overall. Thirdly, it's a huge position of need, regardless of what team you are, what state or level of you know rebuilding, contending, middling, whatever it is. <clears throat> a good tackle is always needed. And, you know, now they've got a young guy that's going to match Justin Herbert's career trajectory for the whole time. I thought it's just, a, you know, in the adverts where they like pull the uh, the gambling thing 
where it's like the slot machine it's like win it's just a win 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 it's like that ding 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 what a nice analogy win 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 it's like that so that's that's the guy I love from the first round I mean you can go straight through the rest of them if you'd like Okay. Uh, uh, no, actually, I suppose you're right. I suppose it does make sense, just in case your ones to watch uh, mine and Shaps' uh, picks we love. So, yeah. Do you want to go next, Shaps, or shall I take it? Uh, I'll say I'm going to go for pick I love. Someone everyone knows I'm very hot on, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, fair enough. He went, like, he went to Miami. They needed some more. Like Obviously, they've got Parker. They've got some good players in the receiver room. But they, I think they needed they needed a waddle, especially with Tua. Because I again, I'm someone that's been hot on Tua. I'm someone that's been hot on Tua as an accurate passer, but to have someone who's just got that rack ability, like having someone who can just make those plays and just do that extra, extra, extra little push, and I think he's really taken off at the end of the season. Absolutely loved the pick at the time. I said they were going to build the offense around him. Took him a bit longer than I had hoped, but that he's certainly looks like he is that offense now. And I think he's a really nice pairing for Tua. Yeah, fair enough. Perfect pick. Uh, I'll go with the pick that I love. Uh, a guy that's kind of come into his, his own a bit more recently now that he's kind of, I say that. It, again, we talk about how stat-driven the NFL is and the, this guy's name has come up a bit more because he's got a few more picks recently. But I just think he's been solid all year and I think he's going to continue to get better. Patrick Zatan in a place that... Mm-hmm. Uh, is going to really nurture that talent. Denver is so good at kind of making elite corners. And I think Satan's only going to go from strength to strength. And I think he's going to become one of the pro, one of the best corners in the NFL. And he's really on his way. So uh, yeah, Patrick Satan is a pick that I really, really like. Uh, Thorns, do you want to go first for potential bust? Or would you like one of us to take it off your hands? Um, I'll go first. And it's a bit of a sad one because it's not really his fault. But the bust, I'll go with is Caleb Farley. I was tempted with Caleb Farley, and yeah. really, yeah, because he's just not healthy. Like, and it, he hasn't broken man. He tore his ACL in college, way back when. He then missed the whole of the twenty twenty season, obviously with COVID and everything op- optionally. Then he came into the league with this back issue, which kept him out. You know, most of the combine, the Titans took the chance on him. And he hasn't played many snaps this year, a lot of it because of injury. And it's like, you have to be healthy to be good. Like, that feels like it's, it's simple, but it is often the case with high draft picks. Like, look at Kevin White five, six years ago, however long it was. Seventh overall pick, just never got healthy and never became a good player because of it. And now he's this big bust because of that. And it's, I feel like the same sort of pattern is emerging with Farley. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. It's, it was his ACL again this year. That's e season uh, season six, uh, week six. Done his ACL, and uh, he's been on IR since. So yeah, too injury prone. Yeah, bust. Chaps. See, my bust is 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 again an injury related one, and it feels horrible to say. Someone who obviously has a lot of potential and could make it, but I don't think he's ever going to look like he was ever worth the first round value that he was drafted at for his position. And that's Travis Etienne. Ooh. Someone who's not who's not played a not played down in the NFL yet. But my problem is it just was a poor draft decision. 
from the organisation just in general. I think the second you put a, a high value pick on a low pick value position, sort of historically, and you want to put that high value pick on Travis Etienne. Uh, there's a player who was drafted just before him who I won't mention because he might come up anyway. But uh, it, he like you look at other players who are drafted in that first round at running back and they need to perform straight away. Like running back careers are so short. Yep. And he's he's there. There's already a dominant running back in the team. He's injured. He's not going to get his chance to break in. I think Travis Etienne is destined for an average career. It will be a case of I think he's a bit of a Rashad Penny. Don't draft a play. Yeah, Sorry. don't draft a play. You don't need, especially at running back in the first round. Rashad Penny could have been something, but like don't get me wrong, Rashad Penny could still be something. He like he's not a bad player. Like I'm sure Travis Etienne won't be a bad player, but they're just not the right fit for the organization at the time, and it's going to hamper their career. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I've gone for someone that's a bit more kind of bust potential as opposed to like is a bust right here and right now. And it's someone that's actually, considering you've both gone for in- injury prone, uh, the player that I've gone with has been mostly healthy. Um, I'm going with Gregory Rousseau for the Buffalo Bills, who's played a lot of games this season for not a lot of production. And he's that was one of the things I think that the Bills kind of they doubled down in the draft. They went Gregory Russo and then they went Boogie Basham. Um, and they really thought that you know that was their glaring need. Oh, we fixed it now, that's it. Our pass rush is going to be elite. And we're not seeing it. We're not seeing the kind of results that they wanted. And to me, that that signals bust, does it not? If you draft someone to kind of come in, do the job, and they're not doing that job, then that's that's a bust for me. I, I don't think Gregory Rousseau is a bad player, and I think he actually has the potential to be a, a, a really good player, but it depends on what you want from him. From 14 career games so far, he's got 26 tackles and three sacks, um, which, you know, are all right numbers, but I say all right numbers. That's, that's not a lot from an edge rusher. Like tackles, I suppose you can you can take from that what you will, especially as a rookie, but three sacks is not enough production from a guy that's taken in the first round to, to do that job. Um, for me, so Gregory Russo has bust potential. What would you say about Quitty Quitty Pay then? Similar similar story, three sacks, higher draft pick. Mm, Quitty Pay, you're seeing the kind of the rush though, and and kind of those um, QB pressures and things like that. And he's he's done the job that they wanted from him. I don't think they necessarily wanted him to come in and provide all those kind of statistical things. Whereas Gregory Russo is there to. Two sacks, sacks. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree. I just, well, I, I just wanted your take on that because obviously, yeah. and I, and I, I, think, I, I don't think Rousseau think is Rousseau is going to play purely up front, whereas Pay has the option to kind of drop back into coverage and things, and it provides a bit of versatility there. So, yeah, Thorns, do you want to head into ones to watch from the day one of the draft? Yes. Am I muted? No. no. Cool, thank you. You are talking. I'm talking. One to watch. I think it's a pretty obvious one. So mm, don't steal mine. Oh, Carry on. Carry does on. Yours have long blonde hair. No. No. Okay, cool. I've, I think uh, chaps might have gone. Oh, uh, it depends. I've gone for quite rogue names. So does yours have long blonde hair? Mine does not have long blonde hair. None oh, of them. Mine is the man with long blonde hair. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. 
I think it's a really obvious pick. I, I don't. I think yours will equally be very good picks. But I feel like this is so obvious that it's easy to miss. Like first overall pick, he hasn't played particularly well, especially <clears throat> when you look at what Mac Jones has been doing in New England. But he's been in such a toxic environment. Like how anyone could have performed well in Jacksonville this year is a mystery. With the the way that Urban Meyer appears to have been running the not appears to be that sounds like it wasn't happening, but has you know reported to be running the the, the organization and i think he, he's shown flashes of potential he he's made a lot of mistakes but they've kind of been gradually decreasing with a fairly substandard supporting cast as well and jacksonville i think as a whole are really going to be on the come up the next couple of years but i think there was one afc or one nfl executive was like jacksonville was one of the most attractive head coaching opportunities this offseason more so than somewhere like chicago which was a bit surprising considering chicago were literally in the playoffs last year so <laughs> i think lawrence is, is gonna buy kind of epitomize this this transformation in jacksonville where not too much this year i'm not expecting fireworks next year but you know maybe like a what's sort of like a catherine wheel something like that so i think <laughs> we'll just get better better and better yeah. You're, you're full of outstanding analogies today, Fawnsley. I know. Really neat. Um, I'm going for uh, a Daffy away. Nice. Someone I was quite big on when he was drafted. Obviously, he plays in my division, but he's someone who's not necessarily extremely jumped off the sack sheet. Like, he's put in a very solid stat performance for a rookie. Five sacks, three force fumbles, and a fumble recovery. Not to forget the fact that against the Chiefs, he had a ridiculous game. I think he got to get AFC player of the defensive player of the week. Yes, he did. Uh, he got in which case he he got a force fumble with a fumble recovery that sealed the game, and he also got got basically got an interception off Patrick Mahomes by hitting Patrick Mahomes as he was throwing, which is where the pick and that was a thirty six to thirty five win, and that's a win they wouldn't have got without him, and like. I said this so much. His 40-yard dash time is 4.37. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He was his his like because when you have these sort of freak athlete players, the biggest issue is always the transition and teaching them the technique to get them going. The fact that he's already starting to look like he can produce, and he, physically he's already one of the most physically impressive like DNs in the NFL just by measurables. It's tech. It's technicality wise which is something that he's only going to get better at. Well, I hope he only gets better at, or don't hope, as he's in my division. But I think he's going to be a scary prospect to, to see. Cool. Um, I will round us off. I'm going to pick one guy, but then chuck a couple of names out there just for the sake of just checking their names out, but I won't give you any kind of spiel about them. I'm just excited to see more from them. Uh, but my one to watch is Jalen Phillips. Uh, the edge rusher for Miami. Uh, I think he's really starting to come into it now. And it, this is the difference between kind of what I talked about with Gregory Rousseau and obviously their college team, they were college teammates. Uh, and Rousseau was like a nailed on top five pick before his kind of senior year um, or his last year in college. I don't know if it was his senior year. Uh, I can't remember, but he fell off. Jalen Phillips stepped up and Jalen Phillips is currently on 36 tackles and eight and a half sacks. And I think that's a bit more of the production that you want. If you want to kind of be hitting roughly around that 10 sack margin, especially as a rookie, I think if you've, if you've done enough to get 10 sacks, you're doing a, a, making a really strong start to your career. And I think that's something that it really does fill a hole for Miami. 
that's something that they really needed because they weren't getting sacks. And I think that's something that, you know, now he's there, he can provide a bit more of that. And I'm really excited to see, um, really excited to see what he can produce going forward. Um, so that was kind of my main one. A couple of guys, I've gone for a couple of corners just to chuck out his names that I'm really excited to see a bit more of. Uh, Eric Stokes, they started to play a bit uh, better recently for Green Bay. So I'm excited to see what he can produce next. Eric Stokes was, was going to be my second choice, I think. Yeah. You're one of the less obvious names. 12 pass deflections is yeah. nothing to... Well, to we won't go about. into too much spiel because obviously we're yes, going to yes. kind of talk about a few more guys on day two and day three. But I agree with you, Shaps. I think Eric Stokes is someone uh, in Green Bay as well. Of course, it's going to work out. Uh, and JC Horn. JC Horn played three games before he got injured. Now doesn't have loads of injury history, but kind of Caleb Farley feels like he's played. Whereas JC Horn, he got a fractured foot. I feel like that, you know, he could heal and come back and be stronger than ever. And he looked good in his first three games. He got a couple of pass deflections. I might not be entirely true. I think he maybe got one pass deflection, but still. Uh, and he got one pick um, and a couple of tackles. And he was starting to, you know, especially when the Panthers looked good early on in the foot. Remember, the, remember those days? The Panthers were one of like the last four and beating team. Donald for MVP. Yeah, I know. God, I miss those days. And we're, we're about three, three quarterbacks Denver. later now. Remember four in Odenba? 4-0 Denver, 4-0 Carolina, 4-0 Raiders. 3-1. Oh, 3-1, sorry. Yeah, they lost to the Chargers, didn't they? Nice. Well played, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I tossed that up for you to... Uh... <laughs> uh, but yeah, cool. Um, right, let's move on to day two. And what we'll do here is I think I'll go first here uh, and then Thornsy and then Shaps. And Shaps We're looking at rounds two and three here. Yeah, so rounds two and three. And then Shaps, you can go first on the um, day three ones, if that's all right with you. Oh, okay. Well, you'd rather go first on the day three ones, the last, wouldn't you? So, yeah, true. There you go. I thought I'd be nice there and uh, do some lovely work for my friend. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go first on day two, and we're going to start off with the picks we love. Um, I'm going to maybe tease slightly our Christmas special. A couple of guys here that I really love, but I feel may sneak into conversation in the Christmas special, so I'm not going to bring them up. But the one guy that I don't think will make make the grade for what we're going to talk about in that special, but I absolutely adore week on week on week on week, and I tell you boys all the time, Javante Williams, the running back for the Denver Broncos. Oh, I love him. I think he's so good. I regret making that noise. Sorry. Um, but um, unbelievable player, man. Rushing-wise, he's really showing everyone what he can do, and I think the receiving game is starting to come there now as well. Um, little guy, Kind of like Austin Eckler kind of mould, but just a beast. Um, and I think he's a really nice addition to that Denver Broncos uh, Russian attack. He might kind of need to be in a tandem with someone, someone that's a bit more of a, I don't know, different kind of rusher, just so they got a one-two punch. But I, I love Javante Williams, and I hope he, he has a very successful career because I really, really like him. I know running back careers can sometimes be fleeting, David Johnson is a kind of prime example of that from the Cardinals years um, and not so much anymore, but I just love Javante Williams. So Javante Williams, top running back. Uh, Thorns. I've got, again, I can't remember if we spoke about him for the Christmas special or are going to speak about him for the Christmas special, depending on... When we film it. Yeah. Um, I've got Landon Dixon. Nice. Out of Philly. I think he has come in, plug and play at guards, has been one of the better guards in the NFL this year. 
and long term brings in a, a long that long term long term long term brings in a, a replacement for Jason Kelsey who's been central to the whole organization for the past like five six seven eight nine I don't even know how long decade he's been there Jason Kelsey's been there now Dixon comes straight away and what I like even more about Dixon is that he was someone that was a little bit questionable because of a torn ACL coming into the into the draft the Eagles stuck their neck out second round pick took him anyway and it's worked out perfectly so just makes me like it even more yeah nice strong pick uh Shaps who do you love in the kind of day two picks rounds two round three I don't, I don't know if the stars have aligned or you let me have it but there's one name that you all know is coming it's JOK someone I'm sure we probably will speak about in the Christmas special at some point but I mean he's stepped up and performed already he's already a starter he's already dominant he's already sideline to sideline exactly what he was sort of the thing is he, he's someone who slipped out the first round but no one understood why the Browns obviously traded up got him and never looked back really it took a couple games for him to start getting his full reps full reps of repertoire going but yeah he's just balling that I was I was lining up my other options so I've got plenty to go for in the ones to watch now because I had a couple that I thought I'd have to use because I thought JOK might have been taken. But yeah, so I'm going JOK. Like, I don't think there's too much I have to say. Like, if you watch the Browns, you're watching JOK make plays. Uh, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Very cool. Uh, I think there's a couple of names that we could chuck out here, but I'll leave them in case anyone wants them for one to watch. Um, so I'm going to go on to Bustability. That's such a, a nice little, we should copyright that. Or do you reckon that's already a thing? Bustability. <laughs> surely well if not copyrighted you heard it here first boys and girls um so i'm gonna go with someone that was taken oh my goodness where was he taken i can't remember if he was uh round two or round three now but i think it was round two uh tackle out of Notre Dame, uh liam eichenberg for the miami dolphins i think has real uh bustability here I'm going to say bustability forever now. Um, the Dolphins should have gone O-line sooner. And I think now they've kind of come back round, you can argue that um, it, maybe not, that they've kind of all right and they've made the right choices. I mean, I, I talked about them taking Jalen Phillips uh, in the first round or in day one. Um, but yeah, Liam Meikenberg is one of, if not the worst <laughs> graded tackle uh, in the NFL and it's such a the O line is rough, man, across the board. There's no kind of bright spots there. It was Marquise Pouncey a couple of years ago holding the line together. Uh, and yeah, it's not anymore. So um it's literally patchwork. They've put band-aids on every on like each position and just hope for the best. And Liam Michaelberg isn't the answer for someone taken so high when they could have gone somewhere else. Um yeah, this this draft class, I might mention somebody later on as well, but this Miami Dolphins draft class is really up and down. Uh, there's some really, really nice bright spots and some low low lights. And uh, Liam Eikenberg is one of the, the poor picks for me in this in day two of the draft. Uh, Thorns, was it you second? I can't remember. It was. Yeah, player bustability, mate. Bust, 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 bust. It's less of a personal thing and more of a positional reason. But Carl Trask... Last pick of the second round by the Bucks. 
I get what they were trying to do. Obviously, Brady, was he like 70 or something? Yeah, something like that. Trying to get someone that can, you know, take care of him in his elderly days and then learn the tricks while he's doing it. But that's what that's what they've hired as a carer. Yeah, a carer. They cost like what, five dollars an hour because they're completely <laughs> underpaid. Someone to fill up Brady's snack bar for the next few years. <laughs> yeah. It's like a second round pick on a glorified ass wiper. Literally, they were like, <laughs> out of all the guys that kind of went in a trickle of the next few picks moving into round three as well. You think, you can, you know, Carl Trask, uh, Davis Mills, Callan Mons, they were like, who's going to be the most, like, just agreeable with whatever we tell them to do? <laughs> Who will say yes is what they wanted to know. And it's tough because Trask could be a good player. You know, he could have come in, he could have landed in Houston, say, and been the starting quarterback for half their games this year. And we could have been sat here like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, I like where he's going, maybe one to watch. But he's not. He's sat in Tampa Bay where he'll, <clears throat> he'll probably be behind Brady. <clears throat> that cough didn't work. If we sat behind Brady probably for the next two, maybe three years, won't get much experience because Brady will be playing like all the time. And then when he does come in, he's in that terrible situation where he's then expected to carry the franchise the way that Brady has. And it's like that sort of pressure is, is going to go one or two ways. And judging by the fact that he's barely even been mentioned, it, it looks like it's going to the, the worse way. Um, and then also a second round pick is pretty valuable. I know, you know, care is a hard to come by and everything, but it's a valuable pick. So to spend it on a quarterback when your immediate contenders literally just won the Super Bowl at the peak of a fairly contested hill... I feel like they should have gone somewhere else with it. And that is definitely playing into why this pick's a bust. And it's, it's less so because I think Carl Trask isn't a good player and it's more so because of what else they could have done with it. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm not going to lie, Carl Trask will never play for that team. The, the only reason Trask will play for that team is if they're winning, they're beating somebody like 30-0 and they need somebody to step in for the fourth quarter or whatever. Well, they're not playing the Saints then. <laughs> hey, he's, he's 0-4. Against the Saints for yeah. the Bucks. 0 and 4. Tom Brady is shit. Nick Nick Foles, Eli Manning, and regular season Saints. <laughs> um, right, cool. Shaps, bust ability for rounds two and three, day two of the draft. See, there's a couple of directions I thought about going for this one. One guy I'm going to throw a name out is Benjamin St. Uh, Just. He plays for Washington. He's he's really played notable action in one major game um, against the Chargers where he allowed six catches. Elite offense, what can you say? Mm. Allowed six catches um, and was put on IR. And juiced and as well. I, I, I wanted to leave him alone. Let, let him have it. Same juice, sorry. But it's yeah. such a cool name to say. <laughs> so some, someone, someone I just thought I'd mention as an honourable mention, dishonourable mention even. It, like it, I don't know if it's if he's got a big NFL career ahead of him, but the main thing I actually decided to look at is using using the sort of COVID and injury ridden season almost as an advantage for evaluating players. Now, a big way we do this, I think, is by seeing when push comes to shove, who do you trust? A uh, couple guys that are looking busty because of, off my basis of this, you got like Anthony Schwartz for the Browns, 
eight receptions. You talk about how often the Browns receiver core has been down players and you've got a third round pick with eight receptions. That's alarm that's alarm bells there. But the guy I'm actually gonna go for is um where's he gone? Ah yeah, is someone I was actually really high on, which makes it even more disappointing. Trey Sermon, 49ers. I was really high on him. I thought he was just the Carl Shanahan sort of type of running back. Like he uses a lot of the speed guys, but if you actually look at how he's basically, he's always in historically gone for the Trey Sermon style of running backs, the bigger guys. But push came to shove and the San Francisco 49ers just didn't want to play him. Like there's somebody who might come up later, so I won't mention him. A later draft pick has been playing over him, which is always warning signs straight off the bat. They doubled down at the position and he's lost the battle to the lower draft pick. He's only got about four yards to carry. He's only got about 180 yards or something. But like the San Francisco 49ers running call is depleted to hell. But the only times he's really got a chance is when no one else on the depth chart has been available. And even then they don't seem to want to go for him. They seem to just pick guys up and go with them. It's a case of anything but Trey Sermon. And that is... <laughs> That is very much warning signs. Yeah. Especially this having that guy drafted after you start above you must be so painful. Three rounds later. And yeah. Cause... Sorry. Three rounds later, the starter gets injured. You must think, this is it. This is my chance. And yeah. No. Yeah, and it's like when the Raiders took um, Clelin Farrell fourth overall, Max Crosby in the fourth, fifth round, whatever it was. And then look at him now. It's, exactly. It's warning bells. When your organisation doesn't trust you as a high draft pick, it's not a good sign. Like, you look at it, um, the guy who got drafted after him had an injured shoulder. He was literally doubtful for the game on an injured shoulder. They returned him and just played him with the injured shoulder rather than playing Trey Sermon. They played an injured player over him. Not good. Uh, we're going to name the guy. Not talk about him like he's like an international super spy, Eli Mi- Eli Mitchell. We're obviously referring to. Um, <laughs> cool, uh, I like that. Okay, my one to watch. Uh, I've gone for someone a bit different here in a position that maybe doesn't get as much love as it should. Uh, I'm going for Pat Fryer Moose for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The tight end uh, looks like a bit of a beast. Has potential to get um, a lot of touchdowns in the red zone and be that kind of red zone threat, big body. Um, and I really like what he's doing. And I think the Steelers is the perfect place for him to kind of get a bit better. He'll probably end up somewhere else in a couple of years. It seems like that kind of position. It's not quite an elite. He's not going to be an elite tight end, I don't think, but he'll kind of put up decent numbers. And I, I just really like what he's done so far in his short career. And I like that the Steelers fan base have clearly got behind him. I don't know if you've both noticed, but kind of anytime Frymuth gets a catch, they always go, Mooth! Um, which I really love, you know, good for the f- fan base getting involved. I know the Steelers is quite a good fan base with, you know, the terrible towels and everything like yeah. that. Um, sorry, Shep. Um, a stadium that I've been to and I really liked, uh, and I really like the city of Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah, I, I, nice and simple, nice and easy. Pat Frymouth. Thorns? Um, Rondell Moore. Oh, just he flashed. He had a couple big performances, one of which led me to pick him up in fantasy, yeah, which was fair. nice, but didn't really offer much fruit. Um, 
But I feel like looking at the way that Tyreek Hills used Debo Samuel, Rondo Moore offers the exact same skill set, the exact same package <laughs> to come in and, and play like that. So I, I'm just really excited to see what he can continue to offer. And he's just one of those freakish athletes that needs to be used in every possible way by his offensive coordinator. Right, that leaves me. There's two players that I was going to choose for the best that are still available. So I'm going to list them both. Uh, in second position, just because I think he's the more obvious guy, Asante Samuel Jr. for the Chargers. Nice. Great player. I really like, really, really like him. I think he's, to, for a second round, for like a mid-second round pick, to pick up very high quality starting corner. It's great value, great play they're getting from him. His stats aren't exactly screaming off the board, but he's very he's solid. Very... He's been injured last four weeks yeah. or so, to be fair. But yeah, like he's very solid, very consistent. Yeah, I like um, But the actual guy I'm choosing, sorry, that wasn't actually my choice, <laughs> is Aziz Ojolari. Oh. Someone who I don't think is getting a lot of love. Well, he's, he's not not getting love, but he's not getting all the love you'd think. He's someone who's got 42 tackles, eight sacks, a forced fumble and a pass deflection. Again, a mid-second round pick, edge rusher. We spoke a bit about the first round edge rushers that maybe haven't lived up to the hype. And I think Aziz Ojolari is he's he's becoming a big part of that of that Giants three four pass attack, part like pass pass D. And he's he's looking good. Like I don't think he's exactly there. I never think he's going to be like one of the biggest splash players in history. But like. He's he's a very good player, and I think he has the potential just to be one of those players that's a per, a perennial 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 pro bowler for years. Perennial, perennial. I think you were right pro third time, and you doubted yourself. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, really, really nice. Uh, you can tell where I'm at with my life because you were making a really good point. And when you said pass D, I was thinking in my head, I wonder if that's how posh people try to say the word pasty. <laughs> Pasty. <For God's> sake. <laughs> Tell me that's not spot on. Pasty. There you go. Right, anyway. Um, we move on to the. Hold on. I got a couple to check out quickly before we move on. Uh, Javon Holland is another one to watch. Um, I'm a big fan on his, uh, of his, sorry, um, safety for Miami. Again, this is where I talked about this kind of turbulent draft class. He's another one of the picks that looks really good. Arguably could have fit in my love. Uh, player I love section Creed Humphrey as well definitely could have fit into that um, player that I love the centre from the Kansas City Chiefs uh, yeah Thorns anyone else kind of you want to check out or is that covered um, is amazing does anyone say that. Christian Barmore no nope. yeah. there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of good production um, actually from day two yeah day two is look really good Osa yeah, the, the, the D tackle for uh... the Cowboys D tackle. Uh, Kendrick Green, I think, is quite pretty cool. Starting centre for Pittsburgh as a rookie, quite a big job. Yeah. Um, there's cool. there's a lot to list. Yeah, I was going to say there's no there's no point. We may as well end up going through <laughs> just grading the entire <laughs> 250 odd picks. Uh, we will move on to day three, uh, which is rounds four through seven. Uh, kicking us off with a player that he loves is Mr. Edward Shaflins. Don't steal it out of Thornsey's hands. Uh, I'm on Ross Brown. Oh, nice. 
I'm not I'm not I'm not being that mean to Fawnsy. Um I need to double check this, but I believe he leads the Lions in rece- in receiving yards. I might be wrong, but anyway, he's got six hundred odd receiving yards, which in a team that is extremely, extremely bad. Like extremely bad. Let's I'll say that again just, just in case you didn't get it. It's an extremely bad team. Like he's got Jared Goff, who obviously throws most of his passes to the running backs, which is why they've both done fairly well in fantasy. But no, like genuinely he's in a horrible situation and he's put and you're talking about a day three pick with six hundred yards. Like the Lions don't have much in the way of receivers. He's basically been forced to start and he's already, I don't know if it's a nice little family feud for himself, but he's already out producing his brother, Equinius St. Brown. So like, that, like he's a, obviously a receiver at Green Bay. So I just, I just like to have a receiver in the fourth round, step up the way he's done, 65 catches, two touchdowns, 600 yards. Like, Can I say, over the past like five to ten minutes or so, you've nailed Equinemius Brown, Amon Ra St. Brown, Hood Aziz Ojolari, but in an earlier episode you called him Christian McCafferty. <laughs> How does it work? <laughs> it's the ADHD in my brain. It doesn't it, it only focuses like, hard names name. must concentrate, must get right. Literally. But no, I, I just think he's someone that I can't like. Like, if you just want to empathise with someone, like, imagine being drafted and going to the Lions. Like, if, like you could, you could, to be fair, you can, you can peel it both ways. He's had the opportunity to be the main guy, one of the main guys there straight off the bat. But he's also in a bad situation straight off the bat, in a team that's not great straight off the bat. And, like, he's outperforming a lot of these second-round picks or even some of the first-round picks in terms of statistics and probably on-the-pitch performance as well. Yeah, fair enough. Strong pick. Uh, Thorns, have you had a turn going second yet? Uh, yeah, I was second last time. Oh, great. I will step in and go second. You're going to be last on this. <laughs> and really? a player that really? I love is Jonathan Cooper, the D-lineman for the Denver Broncos. I think they got a lot of value out of him. Seventh round pick. At this point, you just kind of pick it. I mean, you have like what you have, like a minute to make your pick in the seventh round. Um, you just got to think fast. Um, and you don't often you throw get... a dart at the big ball. Literally, you have more time to think about your undrafted players than your like round seven players, which is ridiculous because it's actually if you get a player out of the seventh round, you think you can get four years out of him on an incredibly cheap money. Ridiculous, like such good value. And Jonathan Cooper uh, has kind of emerged more after the Von Miller trade. And I'm not saying they're like for like at all, but Jonathan Cooper has kind of just played really solidly, really well, and I really like like I said, the value out of that, because that's potentially now a four-year starter on a D-line producing, and that defence is is not to be sniffed at, the Denver defence. If the on- offence was a bit better, that defence could be arguably even better, because at this point in the season, they're exhausted because they're always on the flipping field. But, like, I just really like the value there, and I think Jonathan Cooper is a pick that I really, really love in the seventh round. So, yeah, that's my pick. Thornsy, I wonder who you're going to go with. Well... There's a very real temptation to not go with him. And there's because there's some good, I mean, I don't, neither of you said Trey Smith out of Kansas City. Oh, uh, yeah. Gonna mention him He's later. quite good, isn't he? 
there's a there's a couple there's a couple that I that I know that are still there. Yeah. Uh, we won't say because there's yeah. still that next year to come, which I just forgot about. Apologies if either of you were going to say Trey Smith. Um, so I won't mention the other guy who I was tempted by either, but it has to be Nate Hobbs. Like <laughs> it has to be. I've spoken about him for like. I mean, how many? How long's the season been going on? Like sixteen weeks. So, yeah, we're, yeah. we're heading into week sixteen. You were talking about it in the preseason. You said he looked quite hot then. In the preseason, yeah, probably a little bit after the draft. So, like, that was what August. Four months of has been leading to this moment. How could I not say Nate Hobbs? I mean, he's been brilliant as a slot to come in straight away. Fifth round pick. Fifth round pick. Sixth round pick. Oh God. Fifth round pick, never doubted it. Coming straight away as a fifth round pick is difficult enough to come in and start from the get go in the slot, which isn't an easy position, is is pretty remarkable. And he's been really a fairly important piece in a slight resurgence from the Raiders defense. Not like a whole whole thing. They're not like incredible now, but they've gone from terrible to average, which is you know praiseworthy. I guess. Um, and he's just, he's always looked comfortable. He's always looked like he he was, he knew what he was doing. He wasn't fussed by making the big play. He made, he's a very consistent tackler. He's just had a very, very good season. And and as for a team that needed to hit on a draft pick, he's provided exactly that. Um, so I hope I haven't gone on about him too much, but I think he's, he's really been one of the best late round picks in the draft, not just because he plays for the Raiders. I think, you know, it's difficult to, to see someone else that's had the same impact as him. Yawn. Um, cool. So, <laughs> I'm only joking. Uh, no, Nate Hobbs is a very, very good player and another annoyingly good player to have in the AFC West. Hooray. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Mr. Chaplin, a player that you think has bust potential. I mean, this is quite a hard category because you think rounds no. four, five, six, and seven. You do you, you could argue are they are they really busts? This this is why I've gone with my again I've gone with my with my strategy of when push comes to shove, players that have been down have they been trusted? That's how I judge my bust category because I think as a rookie, that's the only way you can tell is if the team's forced to play them and they don't. That's how you tell. Um, interesting, interesting enough, there's a couple guys, by the way, as I've been going through like the list, uh, sort of the list, who there's uh, someone who I'm probably going to speak about in the next round. Who's there's there's so many guys who've been drafted in these late rounds by the CFL in like round five or six who were drafted in earlier rounds in the NFL, and I just don't get why the CFL draft is after the NFL draft. I don't get why you go to, like why a CFL team would draft someone they know has been drafted higher. In the NFL, but anyway, um, I'm gonna go for a guy that I never heard of, to be honest, until I started doing my research for this segment. Des, Fitpa- Des Fitzpatrick, fourth pick of the fourth round. Reason why is I was just sort of obviously late rounds. Like, there's a lot of these guys we don't know, and I'm gonna be honest on that. There's a lot of these guys I don't know, but I was looking at teams and I was looking at positions. That's all I was looking at. And Des Fitzpatrick was a receiver drafted by Tennessee. Tennessee have had horrible issues with injuries this year at the receiver core. They, they've been missing. They've been missing Julio Jones for large portions. They've been missing 
AJ Brown for large portions. They've they've not had their receiver core like fully fit together properly, like pretty much all season. There's been a few games here and there. I think they're both coming back fit now, but like, yeah, end of the day. Des Fitzpatrick was drafted in the fourth pick of the fourth round, has four receptions, 35 yards, and one touchdown. Four receptions, 35 yards. And to make things matters worse, he was waived in preseason and put on the practice, the practice squad. He was only elevated when Julio was injured and then given minimal action. And I mean, you're drafted in the fourth round. You don't make the active roster, not even as a special teams player. You're then only used in an emergency and you're hardly used. Like you're a fourth round pick. You're not you're not a seventh round pick. You're a fourth round pick and you're not making the active roster. You're not like the whole like they like I think it was before they lost the Jets, they were missing like three of their their three starting receivers or something. And he's still not doing anything. Like I just think you you talk about busts. I think bust is a very abject word for this, for this for the for these players being drafted here because there aren't really expectations. So I've gone. I've just gone with the player who should have played, but just clearly hasn't been wanted to play. Like they haven't wanted to play him. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Cool. Um, you, it's a good segue actually because you talk about expectations in these later rounds. Um, and I think there's a couple of positions, maybe not on offense, maybe not on defense. But on special teams, that in these later rounds, there are expectations for. If you get drafted here, there's an expectation on you to perform. And you're the only one on the roster normally. Yeah, exactly. And so a fifth round pick on a kicker is a high pick. That's potential to get, you know, someone to fill out the depth chart in areas like receiver, like corner, like linebacker, like, you know, your defensive front rotation, like your O line. You know, you guys that are in that are going to fill a hole, plug a gap, etc, etc. And you've gone to get your starting kicker. If you've gone that high, because that is high for a kicker, in my opinion, maybe not as high as, you know, guys like Roberto Aguayo. Remember a couple of years ago when the Bucks took him like second round. Um, but, um, fifth round uh, of this year's draft, the Cincinnati Bengals took Evan McPherson. Now, Evan McPherson has been a solid-ish kicker, but he's he's mid-tier. He's he's kind of middle of the road, and I and I think if you're taking someone with a fifth a kicker with a fifth round pick, they need to be top five ten guys, top five six seven guys, probably higher than top ten, and he's just not been. I hate drafting kickers anyway. Yeah, and I think it's ridiculous. What a waste. You know, you think about how many of these guys are undrafted that are the best kickers in. Was Tucker drafted? Maybe don't know, but he was a seventh rounder. There's just so many on free. There's just so many on free on like free agency. There's always like fifty kickers available. Yeah, Thornsy, what are you laugh at? It? You don't need to draft them. Was Tucker drafted? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just the weird segue. Tucker's well. He's the best kicker in the league. Isn't he. Uh, you don't need to draft them to have you know very good players, but. If Tucker was drafted, then I maybe have stepped on my point a little bit, but not as high as the fifth round. Do you know what I mean? That's, a, that's very high to be taking someone that you can take a lot later on and, and fill an important need. So Evan McPherson for me and Thornsey after laughing in my face, you're on the clock. Bustability. 
first ability. Sorry, I wasn't laughing at you. It's just a funny. The way okay. you, don't, you don't have to apologize. I understood. My my feelings weren't actually hurt. He says. Um, yeah, it's tough trying to figure out who's a bust at this point because like <clears throat> a lot of these players haven't really had a chance to prove themselves. So I'm kind of following the same formula that Shaps Shaps has created in choosing Ian Book for the New Orleans Saints fourth round pick quarterback. And like just like I say with the Titans, the Saints have had so many injury problems at no injury problems at QB, COVID issues, Winston's out, Simeon starting, Taysom Hill has missed a few games and never uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they never turned to book and said, Rookie, you know, this is your chance. It may be because he because he is a rookie. But still, I mean, look at look at Chicago, who had who had aspirations of contending straight to Justin Fields. Difficult comparison, obviously, because of where they were drafted. But they really had a, a chance to turn the page and start a new chapter, eh? That is the only reason. Because his name's Buck. There it is. Double, double. I get it. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> bing, bong. Um, yeah, so it's a tough one because I think Ian Book could still be good and he hasn't actually played, so it's difficult to be like, oh, he's a bust because he did terrible. He just hasn't been on the field. But then the fact he hasn't been on the field, as Mr. Chapman pointed out, is pointing towards bust potential at this point. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair enough. Um, cool. Right, we move on to our ones to watch. This could be a little bit of fun. Uh, Chaplin, who you got here? There's a couple guys, really. There's three guys that I'm thinking of for this. Uh, two running backs. One's a sort of running back, sort of not a running back. But I think I'm going to go... I think I'm staying in the fourth round for the whole of this. This day three segment, which says a lot. Um, I'm going to go with Michael Carter from the Jets. Had a couple injury issues. Obviously, he's not been 100% fit. But at the same time, he's a good player, isn't he? Like, he's just not hes just not a shabby guy, is he? Runs a 4.5. He's about, like, what is he, 90 kg, 5.8. He's one of those small but brick guys. And, like, he just looked good. Like, he's only got 3.9 yards carry average, which is something that worries me. He's looked good in the receiving game. He's looked... He's looked like one of the bright sparks of this Jets offense. I can imagine he's probably going to be, again, one of the focal points of the Jets offense next year. You talk about someone who probably escaped the bust conversation in the first round, um, as is QB in um, Zach Wilson. Like, they've not got a good passing game. And that's been made evidently clear. He's going to be someone that's going to get all the opportunity in the world to succeed. He's young, he's he's hungry, he looks good. Like I think the the signs are there, plus he's the he's the sort of nice new standard, he's the nice sort of standard new uh, running back in the NFL where he's a guy that puts up large amounts of receptions and receiving yards. He can do that out of the backfield catching, out of the back he can do screens, he can run those short to intermediate routes out of the backfield, as well as carrying the ball with with sort of power and speed. So he's definitely someone that I think is worth keeping an eye on. Uh, cool. Really like that pick. I'm going to be short and sweet here. I think this is a guy that I thought you might have taken Shaps as a bit of a bit of a homer. 
as he plays for your Cleveland Browns. Uh, Demetric Felton, I think he is indeed the guy I was on about when I went for the sort of running back hybrid, not running yeah, back. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm surprised you didn't take him, but um, I, I mean, fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see kind of what they do with him going forward because obviously they've got currently the two headed monster that is Hunt and Chubb, but Hunt may potentially be leaving in the off season. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see kind of what they do with Felton. They've used him in kind of versatile situations this year, but um, yeah, I'm excited to see kind of what they do with Felton, and especially in the sixth round. That's a bit of a, well, the fifth, yeah, sixth round. Uh, it's a bit of fun, and and I like it. I like players like that, little gadget players that kind of come in here and there and do their job. And I think that's exactly what you want in the sixth round is a guy to come in, do his job, and then that's that. Um, so yeah, Demetric I mean, Felton. I said earlier in the season that the Browns doubled up on their running, sorry to jump on it, but it's just hard to mention this, the Browns doubled up. Like, if you look at, they've got Johnson, who's the Nick Chubb replacement, and they've got Felton, who's the, uh, they've got Felton, who's the Hunt replacement. Like, he, Felton plays all those Hunt roles as well as the receiver roles. And you looked at when Chubb's been injured, they've kept Johnson. They've got, they've clearly got Felton shoehorned as the replacement for Hunt. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's a, um, it's sort of an accident he was drafted in in Hunt's contract year because I don't think Hunt will be staying with the Browns, which means he next year is going to be the second head in that two-headed monster. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Uh, and rounding us off, Thornsy, one to watch from day three of the NFL draft. Fifth round pick for the Denver Broncos, Caden Stearns. Ooh. Safety. Strong safety, more of an in-the-box type. He has two picks this year, a couple of sacks, a few passes defensed as well. Seems like he had a bit of a, a prominent role. He had a huge game when they played the Ravens. Whenever that was quite early on, wasn't it? Week five or six or something. Um, and I feel like he, he's just seems like a, a guy that Vic Fangio likes and trusts, and that's always a good sign for a late-round pick. And someone to keep an eye on for the rest of this season and then into the next one. Cool. That's that. Thank you very much, gentlemen. That's our review section done uh, and our rookie review. Let's head straight into our preview section. And I feel like we're going to fly through these uh, Christmas games, starting off with one game on, well, British time, technically Christmas Eve, uh, heading through to Christmas Day and Boxing Day and so on. Uh, we're going to take you through who we think is going to win each of the games. This does not change at all. We do this every week and let's get cracking with it. So first off, the Thursday night football uh, we have the San Francisco 49ers playing the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'll kick us off with this one. I think the 49ers are just hit form at the right time, and I think the 49ers are going to win this one. Thorns. Niners. Sweet. Chaps. Niners. Cool. Lovely stuff. Then we head on to the Christmas Day games, starting off with the Cleveland Browns at the Green Bay Packers. Chaps. It's a trap game. Browns come out with all the W. Cool. Thorns? Packers. Yeah, me too. I've got the Packers winning this one. Uh, then we head into uh, the late game on Christmas Day with the Indianapolis Colts playing the Arizona Cardinals. Thorns? Cards. Ooh. Even though they lost to the Lions last week. I think this is going to be a bounce back, like a big, important game. Yeah. I'm going to get back to four. That's four of their last seven. Interesting. Uh, Shaps, who you got in this one? Colts versus Cards. Colts. 
Uh, I'm going to double down on the Colts. I think the Colts might win it. The Colts are just hit the right too there. hot at the moment. Yeah, you can you just can't mm. stop it, man. But it's, Carson Wentz threw twelve times the other day against the the Patriots because he just didn't need to, and like it's just mad. Um, and he's doing a good enough job. He's not turning the ball over. Like that's what you need from him. Uh, cool. We head into the normal games on Sunday night on Boxing Day, starting off with the New York Giants against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll kick this off, and I think we can all agree the Giants have given up on their season now. Daniel Jones is officially out for the rest of the year. They've kind of said he's not playing anymore. Philadelphia Eagles win this one. Thorns is kind of waving his wings, so Thorns, he thinks the Eagles are as well. And Shapland, who do you think is going to win this one? I've always said this. Whoever quarterbacks the New York Giants is a massive bum. Mike Lennon is a massive bum. Fly, baby, fly. Eagles. <laughs> fly, Eagles, fly. Eat three, three for three on the Eagles. Cool. Uh, oh, this is a fun one this weekend. The LA Rams and the Minnesota Vikings. Shaps. See, the thing is, this is the exact sort of game where the Vikings... It's in Minnesota as well. What? It's oh, in, it's in Minnesota. In Minnesota and mini, Minneapolis, I was going to call them. The Vikings have won five of their last six games against the Rams. Yeah, they've got well that new stadium. Well, I say no, it's probably like five years old now. Yeah. But it's it's an intimidating atmosphere. Um, it'll be interesting to see how COVID affects the crowds at some of these games. I think. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. Because I noticed in the Browns Raiders games, the crowd was low capacity, and I think that was because of COVID. Yeah. Or just the Browns being shit. But the Browns were selling out when they were zero and sixteen, so I'm sure it's more probably COVID reasons. I hope. But anyway, sorry not to get sidetracked. Um, I still think the Rams are too much, although it is. I, I want to throw the caveat that it is the exact kind of day game that Minnesota live for. Is it prime time? No, it's just normal time. Oh, Kirk Cousins yeah. can actually play well then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sticking with the Rams. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'll go next. I will also go with the Rams. I think the Rams officially... Zoom into first place in the NFC West here. Uh, so the Rams win this one, Thorns. Yeah, Rams as well. But I want the Vikings to win because I feel like they should make the playoffs. Yeah, I do you know what? I agree with you. I, I really like them. Just even if it's just for Justin Jefferson, I, I love him. Um, cool. A really important one here. I think this might be one of the most important games of the weekend. The Buffalo Bills go to Gillette to play the New England Patriots. Patriots coming off a loss against the Colts. The Bills beat the Panthers. I think the Bills win this one. I just have a feeling. I don't know what it is. I really like the Bills in this one. Thorns? Buffalo. Buffalo. Ooh, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a toss. Maybe not a toss-up, but mm, I don't know. Chaps? Bills, Panthers. Patriots. Patriots, sorry. I was going to say, why is it a toss-up? Panthers. No, the Bills uh, beat the Panthers last weekend. Where's it playing? In Gillette. Oh, Patriots. Mm, interesting. Mm. <laughs> uh, cool. We move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. Shaps. Uh, Tampa Bay bounce back. Oh. oh, the thing is, without they've got no receivers now. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Covid, Antonio Brown. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the walking uh, vaccine passport printing factory. I know. Um, <laughs> Leonard Fournette's out. You know what? Yeah, Panthers. I reckon trap game. 
two two losses on the bounce for Brady. <laughs> uh, Thorns. Buccaneers. <laughs> Buccaneers for me too. Oh. Uh, although I like your optimism, Shaps, and if it happens, I'm fully happy to turn around and hold my hand. I really hope PJ Walker starts. I just think PJ Cam- Walker Cam- starts. Start. PJ Walker's such a good player. Well, we don't Donald's know that yet. Do we? What? Donald's back. Yeah, but the, oh my god, they've got three just complete bog average like rotational players now. Yeah, it's nice to have a bit of rotation at the quarterback position. Yeah, right. You know what they say: if you've got three quarterbacks, you've got a team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you've got one whole one. Um, right. Actually, I changed my mind from the Bills Patriots game, the most important game of the weekend. The first overall pick against the second overall pick. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New York Jets. Oh. It'd be very, it'd be very Jags to mess up the first overall pick. So I'm gonna get I what the Jags what well, I don't want. Do I want either of these teams to win again? Uh, <laughs> uh, I think the Jags are gonna win this one. I, uh, yeah, sure. Thorns. Say Jags as well, but I don't think picking second isn't that much worse than picking first. I don't think. I mean, this year's draft, there's no like, yeah. there's no one that I know. There's the the was it the edge guy out of Oregon? Is he out of Oregon? Yeah, Thibodeau, or um, the edge guy out of Michigan. Is yeah, it? but this is what I mean. Like, I don't think there's anyone that's that's really sold themselves on the first overall pick to the point oh, where you tank. Way, man, Aiden Hutchinson, he's beast. I've got I've put five pounds. This comes up every week, not that we endorse betting, but I put five pounds about three months ago on Aiden Hutchinson and Cade von Thibodeau to be uh, drafted in the top ten and it returns sixty quid. And I was like, oh, now at the minute they're gonna be one and two. So <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I, I told you to do that because and that's how I was paying you the twenty Scottish pounds. Oh I remember that, yeah. Yeah, I've mean, forgotten about that. So you could have actually got away with that. Now you brought it back up. Well done. Can I not just buy you some pints next time I see you? I can send you my bank details. Don't you worry. Damn it. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. Who you got winning this one, chaps? Jags or Jets? Uh, I think Michael Carter's still out. I haven't spoken about him earlier. He's potentially playing this weekend. Fawnsy shook his head. Does that mean he is playing? I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, he is playing. Okay. Um, yeah, I see the Jets taking it then. I think he's the difference. Oh, nice. I like that. Good for you. Um, cool. Lions at the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons win this one for me. Shaps. Can someone please tell me how the Lions have won two games and drawn one? Uh, Falcons. They're better than you think they are. Yeah, well, I think they've got Swift back as well for this game. Yeah. Oh, nah, Falcons still. Yeah. Jared Goff's out. Is a guy called? Is he Travis Boyle? Is that who's starting? Is oh, it wait. So wait, you're telling me that Goff's out? Yeah, Goff's injured. He's done his quadricep, I think. Oh, Lions might win then. <laughs> Sorry, slow delay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, I'm going to stick with the Falcons. Yeah, fair enough. Thorns. Okay. Cool. Very quick one here, boys. Charges at Texans. Thorns. Chargers. Chaps. Chargers. Yeah, me too. Chargers. First time I've backed the boys in a very long Chargers. Uh, ooh, the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. A lot relies on whether Lamar's 
actually, then again, no, Huntley's looked really good. Tyler Huntley was the best quarterback statistically, well, in fantasy wise, on the weekend. Um, four touchdowns, zero turnovers, 290 passing yards, something like that, maybe a bit less, but yeah, they look very good. Um, I'll come to you first, then, chaps, seeing as you're the AFC North expert. I don't know. The thing is, I don't know if that Ravens defense is equipped to handle all the weapons the Cincy offense has. Yeah. So I'm going to go Cincy. I think that's where Cincy fall down is when they've got someone who can match up with Jamar Chase, who yeah. can, and they, they can stop the run game, and then that's where they fail. But I don't mean yeah. they. All the Ravens corners are injured as well, aren't they? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Well, they've already they lost their best corner for the season. Yeah, well, they lost both of them. They lost Peters yeah. and they lost Humphrey. Um, Thorns, who you got in this one? Bengals. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three for three on the Bengals. Ugh, the Ravens, sticky end to the season. It looks like the Bengals might end up with the three or four seed. Then I know. I hope so. I like the Bengals. We're big fans of the. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like the Browns and Bengals have just solidarity because yeah. we were just, the two of us were just locked in the basement of the AFC North for so long. Except for one ginger, ginger fox had a couple good years. <laughs> the red rifle. Uh, cool. We head into the late games on Sunday, starting off with Chicago at Seattle. Uh, the Bears are just not very good, are they? Such a shame. His field's out. No, he's been playing, but they're just not very good. Um, I will go with Seattle here. It's in Seattle as well. So, uh, yeah, Seattle for me. Thorns? Seattle. Yeah. Chaps? Yeah, Seattle. I think they've got the ability to contain fields, which could be a big thing as well. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Steelers at Chiefs. Comes from back to Chaps. Chiefs. And they're starting to get a little bit hot just before the playoffs, I feel. That's worrying, isn't it? Uh, Thorns, who you got? Steelers at Chiefs? Yeah, Steelers. Really? Fuck yeah. <laughs> We've reached that point of the recording process. Uh, nah, Chiefs win this one. Uh, don't think it'll be pretty. Um, ooh, important one for the boys. Uh, Broncos at Raiders. Uh, I'll go first here. I think the Broncos win this. I think they'll just find a way to shut them down. Derek Carr struggles when he's against a good defence this year. They just can't score enough points. But then again, Denver can't score enough points. Um, low scoring affair this for me. I think it'd be like 14-13 yeah. or something along those lines, or like 17-14. But I think the Broncos will nick it. Uh, Thorns? Oh, I'll go with the Raiders. Drew Locke starting. So I thought that's oh, he is. Oh, I take mine back. Raiders. Yeah. yeah. Raiders. I don't think Drew Locke's awful. Yes, you're wrong. He is terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, Drew Locke is not very good. Like, not at all. Opposed. Right, well, I'm going to go with the Broncos anyway, because fuck <laughs> the Raiders. Yeah, fair enough. Load of fun. Cool. Uh, Sunday night football, we have the Wooft coming off a tough loss against the Eagles. Uh, playing the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys win this one. Shaps. Uh, Woofed at Dallas. Um, I should say Washington one. football team, shouldn't I? I didn't, didn't actually translate that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm fully aware it's Woofed. No, I know what you. I know you know. 
the new listeners. Uh, I really want to say the worst, but I think they've had a lot of injury problems. Have they got a QB yet? Or are they still on like fifth string QBs? The worst is Heineke. I thought Heineke missed the last game. I thought they played some like. Oh, maybe. Oh, COVID, I think, so he should be back. Oh, right, okay. In which case, I'm calling a whiffed bounce back. Dallas have looked sketchy in the recent week. Cool. Fine. Yeah, no worries. Thorns, whiffed at Dallas. Whiffed, just because of the chaos that will come in if they win. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Uh, and the last game, rounding out the uh, show today, oh, maybe not rounding out the show, but rounding out the preview section, Monday Night Football, the Miami Dolphins at the New Orleans Saints. I think Miami's got enough. They're on a six-game winning streak. The defense is doing enough. Two is doing enough. I think they beat the Saints uh, in a tough game. Thorns. Dolphins. Nice. Chaps. How about those Finns? How about those Finns? They go to eight and seven, and potentially sneak into the playoffs. There's got to be some sort of record on it. It's weird. Um, cool. Right, that was the preview section and the review section done. We have one thing left to do before we leave you all to get on with your festivities. It is time for... Bum of the week. Oh, he's a bum. Thorns, you need to have something on the end. Like, oh, yeah. Something like that. He's not the Kool-Aid man. I was just about to say, as soon as I said it, I thought I sounded like the Kool-Aid man. Um, Storm of the week. Oh, right. Yeah, that'll do. Let's practice it. Okay, so it's time for... Okay. <laughs> get yourself into position and sing in position. Bum of the week. Oh, he's a bum. Oh, yeah. Right, uh, essentially controversial bum yeah. of the week this week for all our uh, all our um, fans who claim that mainstream social media is brainwashing the public. Obviously, there's been lots of uh, players missing games because of COVID, stuff like that. There's been a lot of people missing a lot of stuff because of COVID. And it's just a friendly reminder to get your jab. Don't be like this week's bum of the week. Cole Beasley refused to get back- vaccinated. Missed missed his game because of it, and you know what? Just get jabbed, mate. Like, if you follow us and you're a very heavy anti-vaxxer, you can just unfollow us. Like, I don't really care unless you've got solid reasons for me that have been backed up by an actual scientist. Just get your jab, protect everyone, get us out this piece of crap pandemic. And on that uplifting note, happy holidays, everyone. Um... Merry Christmas. Yeah, the next time you'll hear our docile tones is on Christmas Day or Boxing Day or whenever you choose to listen to the episode. Yeah, that's true, depending on so, when you do listen to it. And on that note, oh, the weather outside is frightful. But the fire is so delightful. Since we no place to go. Let it snow, let it snow, and goodbye. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I had to let you round it off. Once you started, I had to let you finish. Um, yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, like I said, you'll be listening to this episode. Hope you've enjoyed. And we've got a very special Christmas episode uh, coming out as well. So 
please give that a listen. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you enjoyed it. Let us know what we can do to keep improving this podcast and to keep you uh, engaged with what we're doing because we're having a good time. Hopefully you are too. And um, we'd love to hear some feedback. So feel free to let us know. Uh, But as for today's episode, that is it. Thank you very much for listening. Happy holidays. Catch you very, very soon, Mr. Thorns. Have a good one. Uh, Happy Christmas, everyone. See you after. Well, whenever. (laughs) Whenever whenever you want to listen to us, we're always there. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime, anyplace. Oh, my goodness. We are actually, we actually just are with the people whenever they want to listen to us. How fun. Right. Anyway. Anyone at any point can just listen to me singing. Oh my goodness, that's very exciting. You're you're on Spotify. Well done. I'm a Spotify right. singer. <laughs> yeah. Lol. Um nice one, chaps. Have a good Christmas, mate. Look after yourself. Ho ho ho. <laughs> what did you just call me? <laughs> uh, happy holidays, everyone. Take it easy. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, and we'll catch you very, very soon. Much love. Peace. Yeah.